have your Bible, go with me please to 1 Samuel chapter 16. As we pick up where we left off last Sunday evening. 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 12. Praise the Lord. Is God good or what? Is Dios bueno? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So he sent and brought him. This is verse 12. Now he was ruddy with beautiful eyes and a handsome appearance. And the Lord said, Rise, anoint him, for this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David. And from that day forward, Samuel arose and went to Ramah. Now the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord terrorized him. And Saul's servants said to him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God is terrorizing you. Let our Lord now command your servants who are before you, let them seek a man who is a skillful player on the harp. And it shall come about when the evil spirit from God is on you that you shall play the harp and with his hands and you will be well. So Saul said to his servant, Provide for me now a man who can play well and bring him to me. And one of the young men said, Behold, I have seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for he is a skillful musician, a mighty man of valor, a warrior one prudent in speech and a handsome man, and the Lord is with him. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send your son David, who is with the flock. And Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread and a jug of wine, and the young goat, and sent them to Saul by David his son. And David came to Saul and attended him. And Saul loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David now stand before me, for he has found favor in my sight. So it came about that whenever the evil spirit from God came to Saul, David would take the harp and play it with his hands, and Saul would be refreshed as well, and the evil spirit would depart from him. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I pray that you would come and speak to our hearts. We are a people in need of your word. And I thank you for the freshness of your spirit, which is able to bring refreshing to the soul and encourage the hearts of your people. And I pray tonight that you would speak to us in a direct way as we might have need. I pray as well that you would anoint the hearing of your people to hear the word with gladness and anoint your servant tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Can you say amen? Amen. I want to continue where we left off last week. We discussed in some detail the differences between the David church and the Saul church. That church that is led by the flesh and that church which is led by the spirit. And We can look and see the great difference between a man or woman who is led by the flesh and one who is led by the Spirit of God and how we need to be led by the Spirit of God. 
There is a desperate need in the church, a desperate crisis in the church for spirit-led living. Unfortunately, if you're in church long enough and you do the things that are associated with church for long enough, you can become skilled at uh, the practice of religion and be led by the things you know how to do rather than by the Spirit of God. And this is a great challenge. I, hemos oído la semana pasada la diferencia entre la iglesia de David y la iglesia Saúl. La iglesia David es una iglesia guiada por el Espíritu. La iglesia Saúl, una iglesia guiada por la carne. Y tristemente es muy fácil ser guiado por la rutina de la carne. Ser guiado por lo que ya sabemos hacer. And so if you be, become too accustomed to doing things the way that you know how to do them, it can become easy to switch over into the power of the flesh and not realize it. There is a time in which there, there comes a breaking away of certain things, uh, patterns and methods that God used in a previous time in order to deal with us. And sometimes we get used to those methods and patterns and God has to change things up just so that we learn to depend upon his voice and not to depend on the way that we used to do things or even the way that he used to work. We saw the example of that in chapter 16 of 1 Samuel. The Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul? Saul was the anointed one for a while, but he had gone astray and now God had rejected him. And yet Samuel was attached to what he understood before. Samuel was attached to the way things used to be. He was attached to the way things used to go. And God had to go up to him and say, Samuel, you need to stop mourning over that thing which I have rejected. Hemos leído la semana pasada que el Señor le dijo a, le dijo a Samuel, ¿Hasta cuándo llorarás a, Sa a Saúl? Él estaba llorando a Saúl porque por un tiempo Saúl había sido el escogido, el ungido de Jehová, pero ahora había sido rechazado. Y porque él estaba uh, acostumbrado a lo que Dios hizo a través de Saúl, no podía llegar a ver lo que Dios iba a hacer a través de David. He could not see what God would do through David until he stopped mourning over what God did yesterday and wasn't doing anymore. And I want to just bring this close to home to somebody tonight. There might be some things right now that you are mourning over and God is telling you, you need to put that thing in the ground, bury it and let it die because until you stop mourning over yesterday, you cannot enjoy today or tomorrow. Somebody give God praise because in the midst of our need, he speaks to us real clearly sometimes. You ever been hit right between the eyes by God? He just kind of knocks you out. Hey, bury that thing. But you blessed me with it. That was yesterday's blessing. El Señor te dice, algunos es tiempo de poner hacia, dejar morir aquello que yo he, yo he cesado de usar, aunque con eso te bendije ayer, pero hoy tengo una bendición nueva. Esta es una época nueva. I have a new season and a new blessing, a new way I want to do things in your life. Is it all right if God changes things up a little bit every once in a while? Around here we're going to become so used to change that we're going to panic when things don't change. 
But it is, it is important to, to be able to flow with what God is doing and say, you know what, he's not using that anymore. He did it yesterday. It worked then. But yesterday's anointing is yesterday's anointing. Yesterday's manna is yesterday's manna. God has something new today. God has something fresh today. God is not limited to the way he used to do it. God is, is uh, a, a constant, a creative God. Nuestro Dios no está limitado a la forma que él lo hizo antes. Él es un Dios creativo. Siempre está haciendo algo nuevo, algo diferente en nuestra vida. And I speak this over you prophetically, Kingsway, that God is unleashing over us a creative Spirit. He is unleashing over us a creativity that if you and I will walk in it, we will see him do things through us that we have never seen him do before. Now, I, I have been hearing this in my spirit for a while. This is your first time, so I know you're kind of like, what's pastor talking about? No, I don't get it. But, you know, this is kind of how, how you and I go. I'm, I'm usually a little bit ahead of you, and then you just kind of come along and catch up. So you catch up when you're ready. But I'm just telling you right now that God is going to unleash, is already unleashing a creative spirit, a season of creativity such as this church has never known before. Do you know what's going to happen? This church is going to, not just the pastor, but this church, many of you sitting in those pews, there are books in you that are going to be written. Algunos de ustedes van a escribir libros. Dios va a dar una, una, un tiempo de creatividad, creatividad a esta iglesia que nos va a asombrar. Y desde esta iglesia van a salir libros que bendecirán a muchos. Some of you, that's, you've already thought about that. Spooky, right? So if that's you, I want you to go home and start writing. Start putting something on paper. Start practicing. Some, some of you have a story to tell that can bless somebody. You have learned some things in your life that can bless somebody. And I believe we're going to have a bookstore around here and it's going to have our own books in it. God is a creative God. You know, the only one that limits us is us. Dios es un Dios creativo. El único que nos limita a nosotros somos nosotros. We're the only ones that can limit what God wants to do in our life. It is our unbelief, our unwillingness to be receptive to what he is saying. But I believe he is breathing on us a breath of creativity. He's, he is blowing off the dust of what you used to know, what you used to think, how you used to do it. He's saying, I have a new thing for you. I have a new way for you to function. There are going to be songs written in this church that are going to touch the nations. Come on, somebody. Someday you're going to remember this sermon. Because right now we're singing their songs, but someday they're going to be singing our songs. I wish there was some faith in the house tonight. If I were you, I wouldn't let this pass by. There are, there are ways that God is going to breathe on us that we would never have imagined or thought about. Ways that he's going to give you to make money you never thought about. Come on, somebody. Get some faith active in this place.
I don't need no money, Pastor. It's okay. Yeah. You know, for what God wants to do here, we need some money. And who do you think is going to come from? You think some, some hot shot's going to walk in here and do all the money giving? No, it's going to come from you and me. We're going to see God do it through us. I'd rather, I'd rather participate than watch any day, wouldn't you? I would rather be involved in what God is doing than just watch and see. I want to be involved. Dios va a dar creatividad a su pueblo. Algunos de ustedes van a recibir ideas para hacer dinero que jamás pensaron tener. Y usted cuando, cuando oye eso quizás dice, no pastor, yo no necesito dinero. Pero la verdad es que para hacer lo que Dios está llamando a hacer, Él va a requerir, va, va a requerir recursos financieros y Él lo va a traer a través de su pueblo. So I just want to tell you tonight, stop mourning over yesterday. Stop mourning over a lost opportunity. Ya no llores la oportunidad que se te pasó. 2015 had some lost opportunities. Guess what? They're gone. I can't go back and get them. You can't go back and get them. So guess what? Move along. The same God that created that opportunity that you missed before is the one that can create a new opportunity if you will just stay in position to hear and receive from him. El mismo Dios que te dio la oportunidad que pasaste es el que te puede dar otra. Somebody say amen. God is not limited to the doors you missed. So let yesterday die, bury it. Sepulta el ayer. And open your eyes to see what's God doing today. What's God up to now? I study, I study things and, and, and I look at patterns in, in, in history. I look at patterns in, in the, the way the world is working. I look at patterns in the way that the churches are, 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 are working. And I see God's hand at work. And, and I like to do that because I don't want to miss what God is doing. But sometimes if we have our head in the sand, we can't see what God is doing. We can't identify the patterns. A veces Dios funciona en patrones que si no estamos estudiando, no vamos a ver lo que Él está haciendo. I'll give you an example. There was a time when God God used the uh, the mega minister. He would take a man like Billy Graham, raise him up, and that man would touch the whole nation. But God's not doing it that way anymore. You know who God is using now? How is how God is working now? Hubo un tiempo cuando Dios usó a un solo varón como Billy Graham y lo levantaba y él ese ese hombre solo tocaba a mucha gente para la gloria de Dios. Pero Dios no está funcionando así ya. How is He doing it now? What's He doing today? Anybody know? He's using the church. That's why you hear about Hillsong Church, Gateway Church, Lakewood Church. Half the time, we don't even know who the pastor is of that church. We just know that that church is being used by God. Guess what? 
You and I are in that, in that pattern that God is saying, I am raising up a church, and in that church there's going to be preachers and singers and worship leaders and, and uh, missionaries. There's going to be all kinds of gifts employed in that place, and I'm going to do this. And, and it's, he, he hasn't left us out. He has included us in this plan. So now we see David. He has been anointed. Well, we left him last week. He was drenched in oil. Cuando dejamos a David el, 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 la semana pasada, estaba cubierto en aceite. Dijo el Espíritu Santo, oh, el Señor, toma tu cuerno de aceite y ve, unge a un rey nuevo. Y Jehová escogió a David, un jovencito, el menor de su familia. God chose David. He was the youngest of his family. He was the last one they would have recruited. In fact, nobody even thought about inviting him to the party, but God knew exactly where he was. Dios escogió a David, aunque nadie sabía dónde estaba David y lo dejaron fuera. Dios sabía dónde él estaba y lo escogió para usarlo y ponerlo en un lugar Now I want you to notice two things about David's anointing. Number one, he got an unexpected anointing. A David se le dio una unción inesperada. He was not expecting it. And what I believe we can say about this is that it was the kind of anointing that he did not expect. He probably, because when God has called somebody, they have a notion, they have an idea, an inner knowledge of the fact that God has called them. But he probably didn't have any idea exactly what God had called him to do. David recibe una unción inesperada porque él, aunque quizás sabía, porque cuando Dios te llama, él te da saber que hay... Algo dentro de ti que él quiere usar y él te comienza a revelar eso. Pero aunque él sabía que Dios lo quería usar, no sabía cómo. Entonces cuando llegó esta unción era inesperada. It was an unexpected anointing. Can I tell you Kingsway? Look around. You are going to get some unexpected blessings. I'm not talking about that thing you've been waiting for. I'm talking about you didn't even know it was coming. And it all of a sudden came out of nowhere an unexpected blessing, an unexpected anointing, an unexpected thing you were just doing. And this is the secret. This is the, this is the, this is the principle here. David was just doing what he was supposed to do. He was just out there with the sheep keeping watch over that flock. He was doing his job. And while he was doing what he he was supposed to do, bam, the anointing fell on his life and it was an unexpected thing. David estaba haciendo lo que tenía que hacer, esto. Él estaba en la posición para hacer lo que Dios le había mandado hacer. Era, era pastor de ovejas y él estaba ahí manteniendo su lugar, manteniendo su trabajo y de repente le sale una bendición inesperada, la cual él no esperaba y cambió el destino de su vida. And I don't know, the Lord's been telling us this for two months now. Stay in position. Stay in position. And here we have another example. David stayed in position. What would happen if that day... David decided to leave the sheep and go play with his friends. 
And everybody's all over Bethlehem looking for David. But see, David was right where he needed to be. David, en vez de ir a jugarse, jugar con sus amigos, ahí está con las ovejas. Y mientras, mientras él no sabe lo que está pasando en la casa, él está en el lugar adecuado. Let me tell you, friend, don't ever despise the place you're at because God can use the place you're at in order to position you for the place you need to be. Nunca desprecies el lugar donde tú estás porque Dios puede usar ese lugar para posicionarte, para ponerte en el lugar donde Él quiere que tú estés. I remember when I was in the university, I got a, um, well, we have what was called testimony chapel and I went up to give a testimony un día en la universidad tuvimos una capilla de testimonios y yo fui a dar mi testimonio and after I gave my testimony I got a, uh, a phone call from the president of the college Dr. Cook después de dar mi testimonio recibí una llamada ese día del presidente del colegio y dijo Isaac uh, ya se va a terminar el año pero al principio del año quiero que vengas porque tengo un trabajo para ti he said, Isaac, uh, uh, this is the end of the year, but when you come back next next fall, I have a job for you. And so when, when I went to get my job, he put me in uh, a back back office. Have you ever had to be in the back back office? Not even in like the back office, but the back back office, behind the back office. And me puso en la oficina de atrás de la oficina de atrás. Behind the forgotten people. Después de los olvidados, allá me puso. He said, Isaac, I'm going to put you in this office. And before I got to the job, I, I heard him tell it. He said, I'm going to put you in this office because I want you to know how to run an office. And then he put me in the fishbowl. We called it a fishbowl because we just had one big window overlooking the campus. I thought, Dr. Cook missed God on this. I was supposed to be working with him. But you know, I was in there and I was stuffing envelopes and licking stamps back when you had to lick them. That was a terrible time, wasn't it? And, and then uh, making phone calls and talking to new recruits and doing all of these things. And be, I had no idea that that job was preparing me to run a Bible school. So when the Lord said to me, Isaac, I want you to open the Bible school, I just walked right in and started doing what I already knew how to do. You see, because he had prepared me, I didn't know he was preparing me, but he was preparing me for the work that he wanted me to do. So friend, get ready because wherever you are, God is using to prepare you for where you're going. I can feel the faith rising up in this place. El lugar donde usted está, Dios te está preparando para que te use en el lugar a donde vas. Listen, God is so good, he won't let you get where you're going till you're ready. Because if you get where you're going when you're not ready, you'll blow it. Dios es tan bueno que Él no nos deja alcanzar a donde vamos hasta que estemos listos. Porque si nos deja llegar al lugar donde, donde Él nos va a llevar y no estamos listos, vamos a destruir lo que Él tuvo, el propósito que Él tuvo. Así que no se desespere. Can I tell you, don't get frustrated. Tell your neighbor, wait. 
Don't you just hate that word? Doesn't matter how much Christian sauce you put on that, it doesn't taste good. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, wait. I don't want to wait. I want it now. Dígale a su vecino, espérate. Oh, no nos gusta esperar. But if you will learn the lessons you need to learn while you're waiting, God knows where you're at. Dios sabe donde tú estás. He knew where David was. And now David receives an anointing. Now, this is the second factor here. David received an unexpected anointing, but he also received an anointing without a crown. David recibe una unción sin corona. Man, you're telling me I'm king, but I don't have a crown. You're telling me I'm king, but my big brother's taller than me and he's looking at me bad. Me estás diciendo que soy rey, que me has ungido para ser rey, pero no tengo corona. Y mi hermano mayor es más grande que yo y me está viendo mal. ¿Cómo es esto que me has ungido para ser rey? Can I just talk to some people that have an anointing with no crown for just a minute? I don't need to talk to all of you, but just let me talk to somebody that's waiting on something that hasn't come yet. Oh, I guess they didn't show up to church today. Uh, can, is there anybody in here that has an anointing but no crown? You know that you know that God has put something on the inside of you and it just quite hasn't come out yet, but you're waiting on it and sometimes that is a hard place to be. You know, David would be about 15 years before he had a crown. How many of you have a 15-year wait in you? Some of you don't have a 15-minute wait. David esperaría 15 años antes de llegar a la corona. ¿Cuántos esperarían 15 años? And then when he got it, listen, when he got the crown, it was only a partial crown. Because there were 12 tribes, but only two of the tribes recognized him for a little while. Y cuando al fin recibe la corona, es una corona parcial porque solo dos de los doce tribus lo aceptaron. Entonces cuando llegó a ser rey, era nomás rey de una pequeña parte de lo que Dios le había prometido. So even when he became king, he was only king of a little part of what God had promised. Now some of us would start pouting right there. But David said, well, maybe I'm not ready yet. I'll just have to wait on it. David se determinó a esperar hasta el día cuando todas las tribus de Judá vinieron y se inclinaron a él. David waited for the day when every tribe came and bowed down to him. Now let me just tell you, if you ever feel a little bit frustrated about it, just think about Jesus. Because David is actually just a type of Christ. You see, the Father said to him, ask of me and I will give the nations unto you. And all the nations of the world will bow down to you. But right now, the nations aren't bowing down to Christ. They're not crowning him as king. But hold on, hold on, hold on, because someday, soon and very soon, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. Come on, somebody. If Jesus can wait, so can I. Si Jesús puede esperar, yo también me puedo esperar. Hallelujah. 
Waiting will make it worth it. So if you have a promise without a fulfillment, wait. Hold on. Sit tight. Si usted tiene promesa sin cumplimiento, espérese. Hold on. God's not a man that he should lie. He doesn't dangle a carrot in front of you just to get you to move on. His promises are yes and amen. He is good at his word. Dios cumplirá su promesa. Él no habla sin cumplir lo que él ha dicho. Así que si usted tiene corona, tiene unción, pero no corona, espérese. Si usted tiene promesa, pero no cumplimiento, espérese. Porque Dios va a hacer lo que Dios dijo que él haría. Now I want you to watch what God does. Remember I told you last year the Lord said he would give us opportunities this year? Well, David got an opportunity. The Bible said that when the Lord came upon David, the Lord, the Spirit of God left Saul. Dice la Escritura que cuando el Espíritu Santo vino sobre David, el Espíritu del Señor dejó a Saul. That is the worst place in the world. Es el lugar peor en el mundo. Sentir que el Espíritu de Jehová se ha apartado de ti. You see, so when you live in lost, the Holy Spirit isn't there. You don't know that you're missing anything. But when you've had him and he's gone, you about go crazy. I don't want you to ever go there. But let me just tell you, that's what happened to Saul. Cuando el Espíritu, cuando usted está perdido y el Espíritu Santo no está ahí, usted no sabe. Pero cuando alguien tiene el Espíritu de Dios y luego se aparta el Espíritu, casi se, casi se vuelve loco. That's why David, when he, when he sinned against God, he committed adultery and murder. And, and when he cries out to the Lord, he says, take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Take my crown, take the palace, take the baby, take my wife, take my life, but don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Church, I'm talking to a church that, that you and I have tasted things with the Holy Spirit that some people have just dreamed about. Some people have just wished that they could experience. Some people have just longed for, and sometimes we take it for granted. But Saul, when he lost the Spirit, he about went crazy. And not only that, but the Bible said that the Lord sent an evil spirit to torment him. You say, God will do that? Apparently. El Señor envió un demonio, un espíritu malo a atormentar a Saúl. 
And that king was now going a little crazy, and then he's tormented by a demon spirit, by an evil spirit. Ahora Saúl está atormentado por un espíritu diabólico, y, y él está confrontando unos problemas. He's starting to come against some problems. The Bible doesn't really say what it was like, but we know from one episode that Paul would come into rage. No, I said Paul. Saul would come and raise. Saul entraba a una, a un uh, enojo. One time, when one of his rages, he threw a spear and tried to pin David to the wall. Now, aren't you glad you don't live with that guy? Saul, en una ocasión, tomó una lanza y quiso clavar a David a la pared. En un enojo. Atormentado por este espíritu malo. He was tormented by this evil spirit. Now, the two things are happening here. Number one, God is dealing with Saul. Don't ever think God won't deal with you. He usually will say to us, you want to come the way of repentance? Or you will come kicking and screaming, but come you will. Tell your neighbor, God always gets his man. Oh, oh, usted viene porque ahora Dios está tratando con Saúl. O oh, usted viene por la buena, o el Señor la, lo trae gritando y, y dando golpes, pero él lo va a traer. Va a tratar con el hombre. Every man or woman will be dealt with eventually. And I would rather be dealt with by God in his mercy when there is an opportunity for repentance than to be dealt with by God and only receive his wrath. Yo prefiero que Dios trate conmigo en su misericordia que en su ira. Now Saul had opportunities to repent, but he never did. So now he's being dealt with by God. A Saul se le dieron oportunidades de arrepentirse, pero no las tomó. Entonces ahora Dios está tratando con él. Pero uh, en, en, el, en el momento que Dios está tratando con Saul, también Dios está tratando otro asunto. God is dealing with Saul, but he's also creating an opportunity for David. Dios está tratando con Saúl, pero está creando una oportunidad para David. So I want you to start to think like this, church, that sometimes God will create opportunities, but they don't look like opportunities. A, Dios, a veces Dios forma una oportunidad, pero no parece oportunidad. And that's why sometimes we pass them by. A veces pasamos de alto las oportunidades que Dios nos da porque no parecen oportunidades. If you walk by Saul and he's having a demonic manifestation, it doesn't look like an opportunity. Si usted, si usted pasa y ve a Saúl manifestando demonios, no lo ve como oportunidad. Pero el sabio dice, aquí hay una oportunidad. And so... The people in Saul's house are kind of getting a little tired of dealing with him because he is a madman. And they said, you know, King Saul, uh, we don't really want to have to tell you this, but when you get in your moods, boy, it's rough. Lord, I hope nobody ever has to have that talk with me. 
le dicen Saúl perdone pero le tenemos que decir que cuando usted se endemonia se endemonia y no sabemos qué hacer con usted no hallamos la puerta we don't know what to do with you when you get in your rages and he's probably saying no it's not that bad it's that bad if only they had iPhones, right? It could have recorded him and then shown him his manifestations. It's bad, boy. And we think that you should get some help. Está muy mal, Saúl, y creemos que necesitas ayuda. Y creemos que sería bueno ocupar a alguien que sepa tocar un arpa y que te pueda calmar cuando estés en estos, en estos terrores. We think you should get a, a, a musician to come over and play for you when you're in your moods. And he said, okay, well, what would you recommend? This was a good day for Saul because he was taking advice. When you ever get that chance with somebody like this, take it, right? Go all the way. If they'll finally listen, give them all they need to hear. Because you may not get that chance again. That's practical theology right there. And listen, verse, verse 18. Now, where's David? David's over there in the field again. It's all greasy. Got oil in his hair from a couple of weeks ago. Can't wash it out yet. But he's in the field. ¿Dónde está David? David está en la labor con las ovejas. Un poco de grasa en su cabello porque lo ungieron con aceite. Y, pero allá está haciendo su trabajo. Y acá Dios está hablando de él. Over here God is talking about him. And listen, verse 18. It says, Then one of the young men said, Behold, I have seen the son of Jesse, the, Benjamin, the, ben, the Bethlehemite. He is a skillful musician, a mighty man of valor, a warrior, one prudent in speech, and a handsome man, and the Lord is with him. That's a good resume. Ahí eh, dicen, he visto en la casa de los hijos de, de, um, de Isaí un músico, el cual es un hombre valiente, guerrillero, prudente en su hablar, un hombre distinguido con el cual Dios está. Dios está con él. That is the, that's the crown jewel of David's resume. That God was with him. Esa es la corona del resumen de David. Que Jehová estaba con él. Let me tell you, friend. None of these other skills or titles mean anything without the last one. Ninguna de estas cosas merecen ningún, ninguna, ninguna atención si no tiene la última. No matter how smart you are, how wise you are, how handsome you are, how beautiful you are, how intelligent you are. If God's not with you, you're nothing. No importa si eres, uh, si eres, tienes todo ese resumen, pero Dios no está contigo, no tienes nada. Pero David tenía todo eso porque Dios estaba contigo. 
con él. And so they said, we should hire David. Debemos ocupar a David. Traerlo a David. And so they call for David, and now David has an unexpected opportunity. Ahora David tiene una oportunidad inesperada. He has an opportunity to operate in his anointing. Ahora tiene una oportunidad para funcionar en su unción. And this is what I'm telling you about. When God gives you an opportunity to function in your anointing, take it. Tell your neighbor, take it. Si Dios te da una oportunidad para funcionar en tu don, para funcionar en, en, el, en el don que Dios te ha dado, la unción que Dios te ha dado, toma la oportunidad. I was about nine years old at a convention. They asked me to preach at children's church. I said no. I was nine. What was I thinking? Then the mistake I made was I told my father about it later. He said, you said what? I said, no. You said, what? You don't ever say no. I said, I should not have brought this up. Un día me dieron una oportunidad. Yo tenía nueve años de predicar. Dije que no. Y mi padre me dio una buena. ¿Cómo vas a decir que no? And I learned then, you never say no. Yo aprendí ahí que nunca, nunca dices que no. Y desde ese día en adelante... Yo, se me han abierto puertas para predicar porque jamás he dicho que no. I have had open doors to preach because I have never said no. One time I was in, in Washington for a, a, a training for a political uh, event. There were all of these people from all over the country that, were, that we were doing some uh, exercises in political, in political scenarios. And... And they said, uh, Isaac, your team is going to go last. Everybody's going to do their presentation. But when you go up, don't do your presentation. Just preach a sermon. I said, all right. So I just preached a sermon. Had nothing to do with anything. But I preached the gospel. So when that door opens up, take it. Cuando se abra esa puerta, esa puerta, camine por ella. Tome esa oportunidad. Here's what, here's what can happen. Number one, the opportunity turns out to be nothing, in which case you lost nothing anyway. Eso es lo que puede pasar. O la oportunidad no llega a ser nada. En, en, en el caso de eso, usted no perdió nada porque no, no se hizo nada. And maybe the opportunity will turn out to be the very thing you've been waiting for. Quizá la oportunidad sea la puerta que abre la puerta lo que estás esperando en tu vida. The wrong course is to say no. To pass it by. Here's what happens sometimes, and if I can spiritualize it for you a little bit, because I can see that you guys uh, are needing this to be brought down to some to some Christianese terms. If the Lord says to you, uh, "I am going to use you to heal the sick," and then tomorrow somebody says to you, "Will you pray for me because I'm sick?" That is an opportunity to function. Well, I will tell my pastor about it, and I'm sure that we, we will pray for you on Wednesday night at, Bible, at prayer meeting. No, that is your opportunity to function. 
So tomorrow morning, somebody says to you, hey, I need you to, to write something for me. And you say, right, I've never written anything in my life. But yesterday you heard Pastor Isaac say that God was going to unleash creativity in this church. So you, do, you know what you need to do? You say, pass it over here. I'll write that thing. I received a, a word some time ago that said, the Lord's going to give you strategies to bring finances to the church. Guess what I started doing? Looking under every rock for my strategies. I want you to learn how to think this way. See, because, because Pentecostals, I love us, but we have some issues. We, we forget the sermon by the time we get to the door. Because we think it's just for the moment, for the adrenaline rush. It's not about this moment. It's not about the hype. We think it all gets settled in an altar call. It doesn't all get settled in an altar call. You can fall out, roll over, speak in tongues, and go home and say, still have, you're married to the same devil. It's going to take a little bit more. It's going to take a little bit more. You're going to have to function in more. It's not just about the moment. It's about what, about every moment that God wants to operate through your life. A veces los pentecostales tenemos la idea errónea que pensamos que en cualquier servicio se activa, somos emocionados, lloramos, reímos, hacemos todo y luego salemos y se nos olvida. So the Lord says, I'm going to give you wisdom for finances. We walk out the door and we do our money the same way we've always done it. Say, duh. El Señor nos dice, te voy a dar sabiduría para las finanzas. ¿Y qué pasa? Salemos y hacemos las finanzas lo mismo que hicimos ayer. God says, I'm going to give you wisdom for your health. We, he speaks a word over us while we're in worship. He says, I'm bringing divine health to the body. And then you go out of here and eat the same way you ate yesterday. I'm preaching to me too. Don't worry. El Señor nos dice, vamos a ser sanos y luego salemos y comemos lo mismo que comimos ayer. Are you here? So, if God speaks something into your life, go work on it, activate it, function in it. Si Dios habla algo a tu vida, ve y funciona en eso. Go function in that thing. If he says you're gonna you're gonna worship you're gonna lead worship, start singing in the shower. If he says you're gonna play an instrument, go buy the instrument. If you're gonna you're gonna go to the nations, go get a passport. You have to act on what God is saying that he's going to do in your life. And that's where the crisis comes sometimes is that we, we hang on and we just wait for God's word 
to be fulfilled in us. But you see, that's not how it works. He gave the land to Israel, but then Israel had to take the land. He said, every place where the sole of your foot treads, I will give to you. But guess what? They had to go out there and actually step on that land and walk on it and fight for it and take it. There was nothing about it just showing up. They didn't get a deed in the mail. They had a promise from God, and that promise authorized them to function in something new. Is Kingsway listening? Brother Josh, come on, please. An opportunity to operate in his anointing. So tomorrow you get a letter in the mail that says, I need you to come pray for a demon-possessed man. Don't call the pastor. Si alguien le dice, mañana necesito que saque un demonio, no le llame al pastor. Esa es su oportunidad. I told you about it. I got a phone call at 9.30 one night. It said, Pastor Isaac, would you come pray for a demon-possessed lady? You think I want to pass that up? Just for the sheer scene, I'll go to that. <laughs> Don't you lie. You would too. Una noche me llamaron a las nueve y media de la noche. Pastor, necesitamos que venga a orar por un endemoniado. Dije, pues, seguro que sí. ¿Voy en payamas o no? ¿Cómo? cómo? And then they said, well, you know what? We changed our mind. We're going to bring her by the church. I said, home turf advantage. Luego dijeron, vamos a traerla a la iglesia mejor, porque ahí voy a tener yo la ventaja. And the, the, the lady was in in the truck and she was kind of passed out or something they had to carry her out of the truck into the into the church la mujer la tuvieron que cargar y traerla hacia la iglesia and the moment she got to the door she woke up and she put her legs out and her arms like this she said I won't come in I said, you're in the right place. I said, yes, you are coming in. Esa mujer puso sus brazos y sus piernas así, no voy a entrar. No era ella, era el demonio, it was a demon on, on the inside of her. And we brought her in, and they sat her in my office, and she was delivered. And they have been, they, that, that family has given their life to Christ, and they've been attending this church regularly. Don't pass up that opportunity. No dejes pasar esa oportunidad. Because you have no idea. You have no idea what God has behind that door. Usted no sabe lo que Dios tiene detrás de esa puerta. It doesn't look like a good opportunity. It doesn't look like an opportunity. It's a demon-possessed king on the inside of that door. But David has an opportunity to function in his anointing. And he comes in there and he starts playing his harp. And he realizes that as he plays his harp, the spirit of God in him quiets the spirit of the enemy in Saul. 
Come on, somebody. I'm talking to you about an anointing that is on the inside of you. You have what it takes. I said, you have what it takes. 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 Church, you and I have what it takes. The Spirit of God is on the inside of us. We have everything we need. The same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead is at work on the inside of us. El mismo Espíritu que obró en Jesús para levantarlo entre los muertos está obrando en nosotros. Tenemos lo que necesitamos. I want you to just close your eyes and raise your hands right where you are. Start confessing that I have what it takes. Say that I have what it takes to walk in divine power, to accomplish divine purpose, to fulfill the divine mission of God over my life. Come on, just say it. I have what it takes. The Spirit of God within me makes me able to take the land, to possess the promise that God has spoken to my life. Come on, just start claiming that by faith. I speak a new season, a season of divine empowerment and creativity in this house such as we have never known. In the name of Jesus, I stand in agreement with God. Opportunities are coming to you. Doors are opening for you because God has a divine purpose. God has a divine objective. You can do it. You have what it takes. While you sing your song, while you preach your sermon, while you write your book, while you write that poetry, while you write that song, while you sing, while you dance your dance, while you tell your story, while you share your testimony, while you you just stand and, and position, God says, I will use you. I will bring the enemy to nothing. I will bring peace into the midst of crisis. I will use you to bring counsel to those who are in need of wisdom. Come on, somebody. God's talking to you today. There's a Caleb spirit in this place. The kind that says we are able to go up and take the country. We are able to go up and take the country. From the mountains to the sea. Everything God promised, God will fulfill because he has equipped you to fulfill.